Well, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to invite you to join me, if you would, right now, in the book of of Second Chronicles, chapter number twenty. Second Chronicles, chapter number twenty. We're in a series entitled "Fast Forward," and we're talking about fasting and prayer. And we've entitled this series "Fast Forward" because nothing accelerates us into God's purpose, into God's will, and God's God's ways more than fasting. There are different ways to fast. You can fast a meal. You can fast all meals for a day. The, the Bible talks about the Apostle Paul. He, he fasted sleep. The New Testament says, he says, and a, and a night without sleep. Some of you get up in the middle of the night and watch those crazy infomercials. What a waste of time. Uh, you, you, you've watched that, that My Pillow commercial so much, you sing the song with My Pillow. That, that annoying song. So here, here's what you can do. You can open Scripture and pray through the night and, and give that, that time unto the Lord. Uh, some of us could, could fast social media. Fasting is anything that pulls us out of our agenda and our schedule. It's, it's breaking the routine and taking that time and that energy and saying, God, for that time and that energy, I'm going to seek you. I'm going to quiet my appetites. I'm going to quiet my interest. And I'm going to focus that time on seeking the Lord. Fasting allows us to see the invisible, receive the impossible, and achieve the unthinkable. Fasting takes us into a new dimension. When confronting a world of problems in your life, we need to enter the world of faith. Nothing propels us into the world of faith more than fasting. Some of us, fasting's a, a, new, a, a new idea, a new concept. And I I want to invite you, whether a Daniel fast or a total fast or partial fast, whatever kind of fast that you, you feel led to do is regularly fast and seek the Lord. And I want to speak this evening on breakthroughs needed. A breakthrough is a dramatic and sudden development or discovery in life, and some of us are ready for a breakthrough. Some of us are needing a breakthrough. You've been in the same rut, the same routine, the same practice, using the same language, you're kicking the same dog off the porch, you're doing the same thing year after year, month after month. You need a breakthrough. You need to, you need to find a new trajectory in your life. You can do that through fasting. I've discovered in life that, that breakdowns precede breakthroughs. When you're experiencing a breakdown emotionally, relationally, financially, breakdowns are the place that God works to bring breakthroughs. We're going to read in Scripture in just a moment in 2 Chronicles at a point in the nation of Israel where there was an impending breakdown. And it's in that moment that God brings 
a breakthrough. Breakthroughs can redefine anything in our life. Some of us have adjusted and you say, this is the way I am. I can't change it until you have a breakthrough. You say, this is just who I am. This is the way it will always be until you have a breakthrough. Fasting accelerates us and allows us to things that we battled for a long period of time. We, we break through to achieve God's purposes. Fasting nurtures what I'm going to call the habit of God in our life. It nurtures the habit of God. Some of us are out of the habit of God. Some of us have lost the habit of seeking God. Some of us have lost the habit of sensing God and discerning God. Some of us have lost the habit of following God. Some of us have lost the habit of giving to God. Some of us have lost the habit of of prioritizing God. Fasting cultivates and nurtures the habit of God. It's time to get back into the habit of God. It's time to get back where we say, your kingdom come and your will be done. It's time that we, we have a breakthrough. With that in mind, I'm going to invite you to join me in 2 Chronicles. It's in the Old Testament. Where is it, Pastor? It's right after 1 Chronicles. You can find it. In 2 Chronicles chapter number 20, we're acquainted with a, a leader in the Old Testament. Now let me set the scene. It's going to talk about Judah. Judah is in the nation of Israel. It was considered one nation, Israel. But there came a time in which the nation was divided, and we're in that time. There was a split in the kingdom. There was controversy. There was polarization. And, and two and a half tribes of the 12 tribes broke away and said, we, we can't go along with the other. And there was infighting, much like it is in America today in our political system. So you have the northern kingdom called Israel, the southern kingdom called Judah. The king over Judah was a man by the name of Jehoshaphat. What a name. Aren't you glad parents don't name their kids like that? I'd hate to be Jemaphat. I really would. Ha. Huh. I, 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 I'm just, I'm, I'm glad. With that. I mean, some Bible names are great, but I, I wouldn't recommend this as a Bible name to name one of your children, okay? Uh, the, it, it would take him to age six to be able to say it right and to age 12 to be able to spell it. <laughs> Jehoshaphat is the king of Judah. At this particular time, it seems like things may be getting a bit better and then all of a sudden, Across the other side of the Dead Sea, three warring nations are going to come against Israel, and they're unprepared against Judah, and they're unprepared to deal with them. That's what I'm talking about, a breakdown. It just seems like this was going to be the moment in which things collapse, and God's going to intervene. Jehoshaphat's going to call a fast, and we're going to see God's intervention. We're going, to look at, we're going to look at six benefits. I might even call them results of fasting. You want to know why you should fast? 
We're going to pull out, there, there, there are many here that I could pull out of the text. We're going to notice, we're going to identify six results of fasting. So join me in 2 Chronicles chapter number 20. We'll start at verse number 2 and following. It says, some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. Notice that? They're coming against you from Eden, the other side of the Dead Sea. Do you know there's always an enemy ready to stab you in the back? There's always, beware, there's always somebody going to come against you from the other side. You, you, you tell your family that you want to do right and you want to make a decision. Somebody in your own family can stand against you. Somebody's always, the enemy's going to always stir somebody up to stab you in the back from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already in Hazazon, Tamar, that is in Gedi. Those that go to Israel with us will take you to this place. We visit in Gedi. Verse number 3. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Verse number four gives us two reasons why we fast. Reason number one is to seek help from the Lord. Reason number two is to seek him. Right there it is. Why do we fast? Why do we invite you to fast? If you need help from the Lord, Begin to fast. And another reason is to seek him. Verse number five. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord. Notice this. In front of the new courtyard. Did you ever notice that in the text before? The enemies come in against Judah right after they build a new courtyard in the temple of the Lord. Do you remember the verse in Psalm 100? I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with... There it is. There it is. And you know what they did in Jerusalem? They built a new courtyard. Was it, was it because they, they were trying to improve their praise? Perhaps so. Was it the fact that they had to build a new one because more people were coming? They were built, if you please, a bigger auditorium so more voices could worship. Where, where it, 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 it represented a deeper expression. It represented a, a commitment to God. It represented a turning to the Lord. It represented a spiritual devotion. It represented a new courtyard represented a new commitment to the Lord. And guess what happened? Just at the time they finished the new courtyard, three enemies came from the other side of the Dead Sea. Have you ever noticed about the time you make a new commitment to the Lord, the enemy attacks you? Have you ever discovered that? Have you ever said, oh God, I'm, I'm going to tithe and honor? Have you ever, ever noticed right after that? you'll have more financial struggle than you've ever had before. About the time you said, you know what, that, 
that person I'm dating, they don't love God. They're not serious about the things of God, the way they treat me. And you say, I'm, I'm giving up. And then all of a sudden, you make that commitment to the Lord. And they call you and they say, I want to make everything up with you right now. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah. Every time you make a commitment to God, the enemy is going to bring something against you. New levels, new devils. Just, just know that. Every time you claim a new level in God, there'll be a new devil you'll fight. You say, God, I'm going to do it. God, I'm not going to, do, I'm not going to follow. God, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to go there anymore. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to think like that. I'm not going to allow myself to get angry. I'm not going to allow myself to do that. Every time we make a commitment to God, the enemy's going to come in and try to rob that commitment that we have to the Lord. Let's go on down, verse number 17. This is where we're going to spend the bulk of our time. Verse 17, he says, You will not, the Lord will say to Jehoshaphat, You will not have to fight the battle. Take up your positions. Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. When the enemy came in, and it seemed like, about the, I built, Lord, we built a new courtyard. We want to honor you. And the enemy came in. Guess what Jehoshaphat did? He declared a fast unto the Lord. And because he declared a fast, this is what God told him. Very briefly, let's talk about six benefits, six results of fasting. The first one I want to share with you is fasting improves discernment. Notice verse number 17. You will not have to fight this battle. There's some battles you and I fight. There's some, and some of us are into battles God was never into. And God showed and revealed to Jehoshaphat Judah will not have to fight this battle. You have enemies coming in, and typically they would call their army together. They would arm them. They would get bow and arrows and their swords, and they would get their men, and they would march off. And God said, you're not going to fight this battle. God says, I'm going to fight this battle for you. Had, had he not fasted, I just wonder. If he would have just said, God, I've got this all figured out. I know what we're to do. We've done this before. He would have told the story of, of David and Goliath. He would have told the story of Joshua when they went out. He told the story when they marshaled out and did this. And he would have just done everything as they had done before. But this time, but this time, he discerned differently. You see, fasting improves our discernment. Fasting allows us to hear God. It gets us away from our flesh. It gets us away from our appetite, our old way of thinking. And it takes us into the mind of God and the mind of spirit. And one of the benefits of fasting is it improves our discernments. All of us have jumped into something and tried to solve it and tried to help God out and figured out what we've got to do. All of us have tried to take matters in our own hand. Sometimes, you know, I'm watching people, they, they, they just got fed up with life and got fed up with the situation. God's not in this and have quit their job. And God never intended to quit their job. God intended for them to be there and work through that and be the light in that darkness. And they jumped out. 
Some of us have, have, have got out of situations and God said, I, I want you in that, but God, it's a battle. God, I'm not being there. We never discerned what, what God was doing. Some of us have slacked off. We have this impression if God's in it, it will always be easy. Can I tell you, if God's in it, it'll probably be hard. It'll probably be hard because there will be always be a devil to come together. There's always an army ready to march against every commitment of faith we have. And we need discernment to know what God is doing. And sometimes we just say, God, I'm not sure you can deal with this. We, be, we, we just become upset and we don't discern what God's into. And, and we just take matters into our own hand and do things our own way. Uh, somebody has written, as children bring their broken toys with tears for us to mend, I took my broken dreams to God because he was my friend. But instead of letting him in peace to work alone, I hung around and tried to help in ways that were my own. At last I snatched them back and said, how could you be so slow? My child, he said, what could I do? You never did let go. Yeah. And some of us, we need discernment. You talk to yourself at the stoplight. You're set there mouthing. You're just, you're, you're, you're gearing up. You're, you're upset about something. You're in certain tension, and you're trying to create your own plan and your own solution. And fasting pulls us away from that so we can discern God's solution in the matter. Number two, the benefit of fasting, it enhances patience. Notice verse number 17. Take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance that the Lord is going to give you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. One version says, it says to wait patiently on the Lord. To wait patiently on the Lord. Take up your position and stand firm. There are so many people who have lost God's purpose and lost the will of God because of impatience. You know, we, we put a timer on God, a microwave timer. We, we, just, we just want God to, God, I prayed about it. I prayed about it yesterday, and this is the day after that, and it's not there, so God, I'm going to take things in my own hand. And we need to be patient. That's one thing fasting teaches us to do. It disciplines our, our impulsiveness, and it allows us to just let God work his way and work his purposes in, that, in our life. And it enhances our, impatience, our, 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 our patience with life and with what God is doing. Here in San Antonio, there are stop signs and there are, there are red lights and traffic lights and all that. But there's one sign. It's called a yield sign. A yield sign. Most of us don't notice yield signs. Most of us don't obey yield signs. We just we barrel on through them. But a yield sign is kind of like I could take the word and put the word patience. Just take that, that yield sign and just put instead of the word yield, just put patience. Just kind of tap the brake, kind of wait. There are moments we need to yield. There are moments we just need to be patient and let God work. And fasting enhances patience to just let God. He just says here, he says, take your position be patient. I'm just, I'm kind of reading Be patient. Stand firm. Watch and see. Don't get in haste. Don't, don't get ahead of God. Wait and see what God is doing. Then he, he puts this, he adds this to it. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. Do you know the two signs of impatience is fear 
and discouragement. When you're in patience, God, if I don't do it now, you won't get done. God, I'm afraid if I, I'm afraid if it doesn't happen. I, I won't, God, if I, I'm afraid if I don't do it now, it'll never happen. Or we become discouraged. Fear, fear always causes us to make the wrong decision. Discouragement causes us to make no decisions. Yes. Fear, if you make decisions in fear, you'll make a wrong decision. When you're in discouragement, you're making no discouragement. You're making no decision. When you're discouraged, you say, well, what's the use? What's the use? I'm not going to do that. I, I can't do that. I, I can't try it. I don't have any more, to, any more energy to do that. And we sit around and do, do nothing. But fasting enhances patience. Number three, it strengthens our faith. Verse number 17, go out and face them tomorrow, the enemies. The three nations marching. Go out and face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. I say to this, it strengthens. It strengthens our faith. God says, go out and face them, not fight them. My question rhetorically to us, what is God asking us to face? What is God telling us that we need to step up to? You know, I hear people say, you know, I just don't know what to do. Then fast. Fat, oh, I, I prayed about it, and I, I can't get direction. Then fast and pray. When you begin to fast and pray, you'll hear God say, this is what you need to step up to. This is what you need to face. What is God saying you need to face? What is God saying you need to deal with? What is God saying you need to step up in your life? Instead of pointing the finger and blaming like we all do, I do, you do, it's their fault and it's that fault and God if you did and God if you would, I wouldn't have to face that. Is God saying there's something that, that you and I need to face? And here the Lord, the Lord said through to, 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 to uh, uh, Jehoshaphat and to Judah as they were fasting, this is what you do. Tomorrow you're going to go out and you're going to face them. Notice he didn't say fight them. And they're not going to fight them. And here it is the strength. It just strengthens our faith. God, I can do this. God, I will get through this. Number four, I want to share very quickly as I'm being sensitive to time. What does fasting do? Fasting produces worship. Verse number 18. It said, Jehoshaphat bowed down his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worshiped before the Lord. One of the things that, that fasting will do is it puts you in a position to sense God's presence and to sense God's voice. And one of the things will happen to you when you get closer to God, your worship changes. Your worship. Worship, worship begins to reveal God's presence and it releases God's power in our life. And that's what God wants to do. And if, if you'll fast, your worship will change. I hear people say from time to time, you know what, I prayed about it, and I just felt like the Lord's telling me for the next few months I need to not attend church and just be alone. Well, you have not heard from God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's like saying, oh, well, I went to the doctor, and the doctor told me I need to quit taking my medicine, I need to overeat and stop exercising, and that's what he No, he's not going to tell you to do that. Where? Where do we get the idea where do we get the idea that we put God on the sideline? Can I tell you, when we fast, we will always move towards the area of worship. 
There's something about seeking God's mind and seeking God's heart. What will change in our life is our worship. Worship is the product of drawing closer to God. And fasting puts us in that position. Fasting takes us there. And it will always, it will always produce worship in our life. Let me, put, let, let me use some cell phone language, can I? Uh, how many bars do you have? How many bars does your worship have? Some of us have, have just barely one bar. In other words, we come to church and, and the first three or four songs, our mind is on this. We're on our social media account. We're bored. We're distracted. We're not. It takes us about to the fourth song and then finally our heart warms for a moment. Why? You have just about one bar in your heart right now. But if you'll begin to if you'll begin to fast and pray and seek God, can I tell you? Then all of a sudden, your sensitivity and your awareness of God increases. And stuff that God could not download in your heart before, God can download in your heart now. If, you have, if you're having trouble sensing God's presence and hearing God's voice, the thing to do is fast. It produces worship in our life. Number five, it empowers praise in our life. It empowers praise in our life. Verse number 22, it says, And they began to sing, and as they began to sing in praise, as they began to sing in praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. Wow. As they began to praise, God set an ambush. Let me tell you the story. The enemies had come across the Dead Sea and were going to surround and were going to conquer Judah and completely annihilate them. Because it was an impossible situation, Jehoshaphat says, we don't have enough men to fight this battle. It's too big. And so he fasted and turned to the Lord and God gave him a promise. You're not going to fight this battle God's going to fight this battle for you. And as they begin to fast, then all of a sudden they be, begin to worship. And the Bible tells us that they fell down and began to worship the Lord. And then verse number 22 says, and, and then as they began to sing praises to God, God sent an ambush to the enemy's camp. What happened? There were three nations. And then all of a sudden one nation they were working together to fight Judah. All of a sudden, one nation began to fight against the other. And they began to say, oh, I, I'm imagining the conversation with somebody. Oh, we're going to be the one. We're going we're to, to be the one to go in first. And that nation, no, we're going to be the one to go in first. All right, we're, we're bigger than you, and we're better than you. And they'd be, you mean to tell me that? Yeah, well, take this, and then take that. You push me out. And then they began to fight one another. And Judah and Jehoshaphat stood on the sideline, and the enemy began to turn on each other and devour one another. So much so, they destroyed each other. And for three days, Jehoshaphat sent the men of Judah out, and they gathered up all the spoils of war, all of the food, all of the gold, all of the armament, 
everything they had brought to, in battle, all the supplies they were going to use in their campaign against Judah were laying in the field. And the Bible says, and for three days they gathered it up. And it became into their treasury. You see, what the enemy meant for harm, God meant for good. And they discovered it in fasting. And the Bible says this, as they began to sing and praise. Do you know there is something, hear me church, there is something about coming together. There's something about being here. There's something about worshiping together. There's something about when you sing praises of the Lord. You'll hear me say this. I'll exhort this in service from time to time. It's good to meditate, but there's a time when you need to move out of meditation and you need to begin to speak your praise. And as you begin to speak your praise, God begins to work. It releases the supernatural power of God in your life. There is something about singing. There is something about singing it. There is something about participating in it. Oh, young adults, can I just tell you, God bless you. Thank you for being this community. You're, you're, you're like the tribe of Judah down here. The tribe of Judah. And the Bible says the tribe of Judah, the tribe of praise, would lead Israel into battle. I commend you for that. And I'm saying to everyone else, whether you're here or in the back, when you come to the house of the Lord, begin to sing praises unto God. Don't be just a listener. Be a praiser. Be somebody that will exalt the Lord. And as you sing and as you praise, guess what? God can send an ambush against the person that's trying to do you in on the job. God can set an ambush on the scheme of the enemy in behalf of your family. The thing that's trying to destroy you, God will work in your defense if you'll be a praiser. And there's something about fasting. It just puts us in that moment. It gives us the appetite for praise. When, when you pull away from your nachos, guess what? Your praise appetite just goes up. There's just something about that. When you pull away from your social media, guess what? Your appetite to speak to the Lord goes up. There's something about fasting. It takes you and it gives you a different appetite, an appetite for God. And number, number six, I want to just close out real briefly and say fasting one of the results, it increases blessing in your life. It increases blessing in your life. Notice verse number 26 and 27. Let me let this be the capstone on what I'm saying here. They had enemies that were coming against them. They came across the other side of the Dead Sea. They were, real, they were going to try to stab them in the back. And there's somebody in here, you've got a co-worker who's tried to stab you in the back. You, you, you have a you have a family member that's tried to stab you in the back, that has said things against you and maligned you, and you're hurt and wounded, and you're wanting to fight that battle yourself. And can I tell you, don't fight that battle. If you'll begin to seek the Lord, if you'll begin to fast and pray about it, God will step in in your behalf. And I want to give you this encouragement. If you'll fast and pray, it increases blessing in your life. Verse number 26. And on the fourth day they assembled in the valley of Baraka where they praised the Lord. This is why it's called the valley of Baraka unto this day. What is the valley of Baraka? They gave it a name. It means the valley of blessing. Verse 27. Then led by Jehoshaphat 
All the men of Judah and Jerusalem returned joyfully to Jerusalem, for the Lord had given them cause to rejoice over their enemies. The Lord had given them cause. There's a battle that you have God wants to fight. If you will begin to fast and pray and put God first, can I tell you, God will bring a breakthrough in your life. And some of us need a breakthrough. Some of us need a dramatic and sudden intervention of God. You don't know how it's going to happen. You have no way of figuring this out. If you'd have talked to Jehoshaphat and said, Jehoshaphat, could you see that God could destroy three armies marching against you? He said, it's impossible. If, if it was one army, perhaps we could do it. There are three nations marching against us. We are overwhelmed. Judah is about to have a breakdown. And God said, no, you're about to have a breakthrough. Turn this battle over to God. They fasted and they prayed. Because they fasted and prayed, they renamed the valley. And they say, this is the valley of blessing. This is the valley of Baraka. You're about to name something your worst day. You're about to call an experience your worst experience in life. You're talking about saying, this is the thing I dread the most, I I, I hate the most. God can turn your dread into your valley of blessing. There's something that God can do for you, you cannot do for yourself. But if you'll turn wholeheartedly to the Lord, can I tell you, breakthrough can come. And I'm going to invite you to set a time, set aside time and fast and pray. Is it, is it turning off your cell phone device? Is it saying, God, in the evening, I'm not going to sit and do this all evening long, but I'm just going to open up my Bible app and I'm going to quiet everything around me. I need to hear from God. There are times I fast a meal. There are times I go on a Daniel fast. There are times I've gone on an extended fast. I, I remember one time, 21 days, and never ate a meal. I needed to hear from God. 21 days, the only thing I did was take in fluids. Never ate, and I gave that time to seek the presence of the Lord. I remember a night, I fasted an entire night unto the Lord. I remember the kids going to bed, and Denise going to bed, and I said, this is my night to spend with God. And the quiet of the night, all night long, I walked the floor of the living room. I read books of the Bible that night. And I just prayed and spent the night with God. I fasted the night unto the Lord. Whatever is draining you, whatever is distracting you, could you for a time and a season push that aside and say, I'm going to fast and seek God. If your spiritual life is at the same place it was six months ago or a year ago, it's time for a breakthrough. It's time for a dramatic discovery. If you're not hearing God in your life if the heavens seem brass and God's spirit seems distance and there's somebody here tonight you're saying I feel like I'm a million miles away from God 
I'm going to invite you to begin to fast and pray. To get as serious about your spiritual life as you do your career, as you do other interests. But to prioritize your spiritual life and begin to seek God and put God absolutely first and find Him. There's something about in, in a fast when you push everything else aside and then you begin to hear heaven in your heart. You begin to hear a conversation that you haven't heard in a long time. You hear the Holy Spirit whispering to your spirit, communing with your spirit. Something inside of you awakens that you feel like you've lost and you get reacquainted with the leading of His Spirit. That's what fasting can do. I invite you, Westover, fast and seek the Lord. Would you join me right now in standing? We're going to close this in a moment of prayer. Would you bow your heads with me right now? Father, in this auditorium are people of faith. And I'm sensing in my spirit I'm sensing in my spirit people have stepped into this year and many have said this is God this has just got to be a different year. They've been on hold for a long time. There are young adults that are making decisions that will frame the will of God in their life or close the door on the will of God. And they've got to make the right decision. There's some that remember a day when their spiritual appetite was a lot stronger, but they've lost their passion for God. They, they've got so busy. Activity has consumed their life, and they don't have the ability to hear the voice of God. They used to be able to discern God's voice in their heart and their spirit. They don't hear it anymore. Some Lord, they need a fresh experience in worship. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will step into their life and you will call them out of the routine. You will call them out of the daily, the status quo. And they will turn aside. As Moses turned aside and walked up a mountain and he heard the voice of God. Let them turn aside. Let, let us begin to fast. Some will begin to fast their lunch break. They'll step away for that hour and they'll just get alone with God and get alone with the Word and let the Holy Spirit speak to them. Just, just begin to create time through the day and through the week. Moments. Maybe some will take a day a week and fast or a meal a day and fast regularly put space and opportunity in our life to hear from God. I pray that. I pray God that breakthrough will come. Breakthroughs will come in homes and finances and marriage because people praise you, people seek you, people, people create space for you in their life. I affirm that and I believe there are hearts tonight, this is a confirmation from the Lord. The Lord has confirmed to them. You've been nudging them, but God, tonight you confirmed. They need to pull aside and fast and seek you more.
And I pray, God, their heart and their faith will be renewed. I pray this in Jesus' name. I pray for our men, men that feel the pressure of always having to do and be busy and perform and feel like they they never have any spare time, feel like they don't even sometimes have a life for themselves. But the men will set aside some of the, the things that seem so important but have just kind of become the trappings of the routine we're in and will seek you. Honor those men. As men turn to seek you, God, honor those men. Fight their battles. They don't have to fight it. God, fight their battles. I pray in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you for being with us this evening. Go in the goodness of the Lord. God bless you.